All right. Again, uh, we're continuing uh, with the uh, the parables of Jesus with a little a little bit of a uh, a different emphasis today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter thirteen. Um, if you can uh, flip over to Matthew chapter thirteen, and uh, and just join me in a brief word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, for the opportunity. Uh, to minister your word. Uh, uh, Father, uh, I just trust that you will use this imperfect vessel to speak the word of truth into the hearts of your people, Lord, uh, in a way that will reach their hearts and uh, it'll be received on good soil and bear much fruit uh, to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. In the first nine verses of Matthew 13, uh, the Lord Jesus shares a parable about the seed and the sower. And it says the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell, among, fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And he goes on in verses 18 to 23 to explain the meaning of that parable. But what I want to focus particular uh, attention on this morning are the verses in between, verses 10 to 17. There's a conversation that occurs here between Jesus and his disciples. And the disciples seem to initiate this, this conversation with a question. He had just finished the parable of the seed and the sower, and then the disciples in verse 10 came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, this question says a lot to me. It tells me that Jesus didn't speak to the disciples in parables, right? And so he's speaking to them the truths of God directly, plainly. But when he's speaking out in more general terms to a broader audience, he's speaking in parables. And so they're inquisitive. Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, 
but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For the people's heart has grown dull. Uh, the literal interpretation of that would be has grown fat. You know, sometimes our hearts are fattened with a lot of things in the world. You know how we get, I, believe it or not, I, I used to have more than a one pack. But I've gotten a bit fat over the years. I can't turn the sweets down. I can't do it. But why does we as parents, we, we're diligent with our kids Hey, you can't eat your sweets. You can't eat dessert until you've eaten something substantive. We want, because if you eat the sweets, what is it going to do regarding your appetite for, for the substantive? It's going to ruin it, right? And so a lot of times our hearts are the same way. Our hearts can be dull for the things of God because our hearts have been entertained and filled by the things of the world, by the things of the flesh, by but by, by, by things that give us an appetite for something other than the Spirit of God and the truth of God. And so their hearts have grown dull, and, the, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And I think there's significance in that parable that preceded it where it says, take heed how you hear. All right? And uh, today's message is, is the secrets of the kingdom, by the way, is, is, is for a title. The secrets of the kingdom. Because Jesus, he came and, and he preached salvation and, and he preached life and, and he preached healing and, and, and all those things. But you know what he preached more than anything? The kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. Everything that he said was in the furtherance of the kingdom. And so his answer here is to their question, it's been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Well, for those of us who are seeking the kingdom, for those of us who know Jesus, who are in relationship with him, it's been given to us to know the secrets of the kingdom. Are you hearing me? And so, let, let us reflect on that parable. What, was, what, what would be the good soil in that parable? The parable is those who are daily seeking the kingdom of heaven. Daily seeking the will of God. Daily seeking to walk with him in faith and obedience. When the word of God gets 
delivered to one who is focused in that direction, guess what? Their hearts is prepared and fertile and ready to receive the word in a way that will bear fruit. But if that is not our daily pursuit, if there are the, the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches, if there's hardness of heart that due to bitterness and unforgiveness and, and, and things of that nature, you know, if there's no root and, and, and foundation in us, if we can give mental assent to a word, but that word is not authoritative in our lives, then that word will not bear fruit, right? And so we need to be disciples, learners. We need to be seekers of God's kingdom being manifest and fulfilled in us and through us. If, if, that, is our, if that is our perspective, if that is our goal, if that is what we're seeking to do, then we have prepared our hearts to receive the word in a way that it will germinate and bear fruit in our lives. You know, and when you think about it, that's why it's so important and why God emphasizes the importance of forgiveness. Because there is certain truth that God will speak to us that we cannot receive with a hard heart. We may understand that, you know what, what I'm hearing is truth, but, but, but our hearts are not soft enough to receive that in a way that it will establish roots and grow because the ground of our heart is too hard. That's why he says, if you're on your way to give your offering, and remember, you've got issues with your brother, hey, put your offering down, go make it right with him, and then come and bring your offering. That's how important forgiveness is. He said, deal with the, anything that would harden your heart, deal with it. That's why it's important that we Whatever our shortcomings and whatever our sins are, uh, whether we're into uh, addictive behaviors, drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever it is, those are the cares of life that will poison our hearts. Those are the weeds and the thorns and the thickets that will choke the word so that it's not able to be productive in our lives. And so we want our ground to be good soil, fertile soil. We want the word to germinate and grow and to bear much fruit. And so that's why it's important that we do the work of working out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. That's why it's important that we cooperate with the sanctifying work of God. And so it's not just about seeds and so on and so forth. This is, I, I want, I, I want you to understand that there is a kingdom focus with Jesus in everything he does, everything he says. And, uh, and, and, and underlying these, uh, the, the, the reason for his, par for his parables, there is a kingdom purpose in it. Because it's not for everybody. Not everybody. Those who have the right heart will understand the deeper meaning of the parable they'll be able to receive it. Those who don't, won't. And that's important. So let's, Jesus, again, uh, we're going in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about the different manifestations or the different facets or the different characteristics of the kingdom of heaven. Um, 
But we're going to lay that foundation here uh, today. Now, I, I just want to cover a few passages today just to emphasize just how much Jesus was focused on the kingdom. When he was sent to prepare the way for Jesus, John the Baptist's message was in Matthew 3, 2, what did he say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Some of y'all know your Bible. You are right on it. It's almost as if it was up there. Oh, yeah. When Jesus heard about John's arrest, he moved to Capernaum near the Sea of Galilee. And the Bible says in Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Echoing the same thing that his forerunner, John, was preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? Now, some people may look for a place, but you know, the kingdom of heaven is where? Right? Well, where, where, where is God seated? The kingdom of heaven is in heaven, right? But you know what? We are, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, right? And so, the kingdom of heaven resides in us. And so, the, well, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, though. <laughs> I don't want to do that because uh, uh, there will be a spoiler on that. But, but he's saying the kingdom of heaven, I represent the kingdom of heaven. It is here in your midst right now. Matthew 1, verses 14 and 15 say the same thing, but says it this way. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Hallelujah. I tell you what, especially in times like this, uh, I don't always have, and I don't know if anyone has the, the perfect words to, to comfort and console us in everything that we do, but the bottom line of it is we just got to choose, do we really believe in the gospel of God? Do I believe it? The circum despite the circumstances, do I believe in the kingdom of God? Am I going to praise him? Is there, is there anything that's going to take away my hallelujah like the song says? And so you know what? Nothing matter what I'm going through, God's still God. The kingdom is still the kingdom. Salvation is still sure and true to us in the person of Christ Jesus, right? And God is still on the throne. He is still the king of glory. And so sometimes we have to ask our question, do I really believe this gospel? Or is it circumstance-based? When all is well, I believe. When all is not well, then I'm in doubt, fear, and unbelief. We're, we're, we're going to have to not allow ourselves to waver and to be tossed about, but to be anchored and, 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 and be sure in our belief of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Do we really believe? Um, continuing along that theme of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is focused on, Jesus instructed his 12 disciples in Matthew chapter 10, Verses 6 and 7, what did he tell them? But go, rather, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven 
is at hand. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21 say this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. See, they were still waiting for a kingdom to manifest, a literal kingdom. When is it going to happen? When are you going to uh, make that a reality? His answer to them was this, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. I'll expound on that in a little bit later. Matthew 6, verses 31 to 34 say this. And we're still talking about the kingdom. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So God doesn't want us to seek the things that we need. He wants us to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and trust that he's faithful. He's faithful to make all the things that we need to provide those things for us. And that's the kingdom mentality. They'll be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh, that verse has always spoken to me. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's a challenge. But it's like, it's easy for us to worry about what tomorrow may bring. Most of us, the vast majority of us, we have this negative mentality about the unknown. We think about the worst that tomorrow can bring instead of the best. We think about how things could fall apart instead of how they can work out and come together, right? And what happens is we, we don't know how things are going to turn out tomorrow, but if we're not careful, we can convince ourselves that tomorrow is likely to turn out badly and be anxious about that and bring those anxieties into today. When tomorrow very well may work out fine. And even if it doesn't work out to our expectations and God allows a little negative result to happen, God is still, his grace is sufficient for us. He is still Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides for us. And so it doesn't matter if everything our heart desires happens or not, we still are going to be okay because we've got God walking with us. Amen? So why, so sufficient for the day, sufficient for this day. We got enough to concern ourselves with today. There's enough on our plate today is what that verse is saying. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay, let's deal with the troubles you know. Let's deal with the troubles that are in front of you in faith, trusting God, walk through it. Let's not heap onto today what may or may not happen tomorrow. Tomorrow's not even promised to us. But he says he wants us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Acts 1 verses 1 through 3 say this. 
In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about what? The kingdom of God. I mean, he was always speaking about, preaching, proclaiming, declaring the kingdom of God. And that brings me to really uh, the final passage um, that I'm going to quote today. Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God. And I think there's a clue found in here in the, uh, what is known as the Lord's Prayer. It's often hard for us as uh, uh, Americans in a, a democratic republic or democracy or however you want to define it, where there's checks and balances and there's uh, uh, committees and votes and, and, you know, you can have it your way for four years and then it goes against you for four and, and everybody is always battling. There's really not concrete, decisive. It will, if I say it, this is the way it is and there is no deviating from it. There's not a kingdom. There's not a king here in this country. And so it makes it hard for us to conceive of a kingship and the absolute authority that comes with that, right? And so, but in this prayer, let's look at this prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't want to park right there. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom of heaven, is there any, I don't know, is God's authority challenged in heaven? Is God's will uh, rebuked or disobeyed in heaven? No, his will is carried out in full. His will is carried out. And he's saying here, as representatives of his kingdom here in the earth, all right, his kingdom is manifest through, his, through the citizens of his kingdom. Those who have committed that I will do what he says do. I will say what he says to say. I will go where he says to go. I want his will to be manifest in me, in my life, as it is in heaven. See, that, that prayer is not just to be viewed as external. Lord, this, this country in which I'm living or this city in which I'm living, I, just, I, I want your will to be carried out out there like it is in heaven. No, he wants his people first and with our mind, with our hearts, saying, I will be a representative of the kingdom in the earth. And the kingdom should not be too far from any of us. The kingdom, because there should always be a kingdom representative somewhere in the vicinity where the kingdom could be manifested through. It's in our midst. 
Each and every one of us here who proclaim Jesus as Lord, the kingdom is within you. I would say it certainly has the potential to be. But it will require our being, having good soil, our hearts being good soil. And that soil being cultivated and prepared and made good soil from a life that has decided to follow Jesus and commit to walking with him in total obedience. Now, doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Lord knows I have not been so. Lord knows that I have, I have always had weaknesses and limitations. And God's, his power, his strength has been made perfect through those. And he has met me where I've been. He has dealt with me where I was. And he has he sanctified me and began to mature me in those areas. It's okay not to be perfect. None of us are, right? If we could be, Jesus wouldn't have been necessary. But let's remember what Jesus said. If we're going to follow him, then we're going to have to take up our cross. All right? If we're going to be his disciples, we're going to have to take up our cross and follow him. Follow his example. Not only just follow his lead, follow his example. And he said he only does what he sees the Father does. He only says what he hears him say. And the Bible says that he was obedient even unto the point of death. And that's really, we, we, we need to emulate that and say, Lord, <laughs> I want to know your word. I want to know your truth. I want to know what you are saying to me in this day, in this moment, in this time, because I want to do your will. I want to walk it out. I want, to, I want you to be exalted because I want the kingdom manifest wherever my feet tread. I want when people to encounter me, when they encounter me, they're encountering the kingdom. And I'm telling you, the way I read this, that is the kind of attitude that is needed in order for our hearts to be the kind of soil to where we can hear right. When the word of God is preached, we're able to hear it in spirit and in truth. It's been given to us to know it. But we're going to have to remember what this says. I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we're acknowledging the authority of God and he resides in heaven. He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. It is a kingdom, so his authority is absolute. Right? Uh, in heaven and in the earth, his authority is absolute. His will needs to be done on earth as it is in heaven, which means 
the authority of his kingdom is manifest in the earth. Adam and Eve was, was intended to have dominion over the earth. They seeded that, giving in to temptation, right? And so now we have Satan over the dominion of darkness, and, and, and man seeded his authority. But then Jesus came and said, oh, the kingdom is here to take back authority. The kingdom is here. That authority that was seeded by, Adam, by the first Adam is taken back by the last Adam. Are you hearing me? And so his will will be done in us, his children on earth as it's done in heaven. And we're going to say, Lord, we're going to walk by you. We're going to walk in a daily walk of faith with you. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm not worried about next week, next month, next year. Today, Lord, I want to know what my assignment is. I want to know what you are, what you want to do in me and through me today. And then I pray for the daily provision in order for me to represent you in the earth as a member of the kingdom of heaven. And what does it say? And forgive us our debts, comma, as we forgive our debtors. So, you know, Lord, I'm going to commit to a life of forgiveness. It's going to be hard in some cases. But, Lord, I'm choosing to make it an issue of obedience for me. And, Lord, I'm going to do all that I can. I'm going to make every effort. I'm choosing right now by faith to forgive that person. Lord, I ask you for the grace to help me walk it out. It's not, Lord, help me be able to forgive. No, Lord, by faith, I'm declaring that I forgive. I don't fully know how to walk in that, but, Lord, I'm going to ask you for the grace to help me walk in the forgiveness I've committed in my heart to walk in. And I'm doing it out of obedience for you because I'll let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You say, forgive. As we have been forgiven, forgive. And so it's an issue of obedience. Right? As we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So just to sum up what I, all that stuff that I just read and I reiterated again, it starts off with a parable, and I will go into the parable of the seed and the sower at some future date. Um, it's not like I haven't done it before. But I felt like the Lord wanted the, wanted me to preach the secrets of the kingdom, that conversation that the Lord had with his disciples. Out of that question, why do you speak to them in parables? Because it is given to you. The keys of the kingdom are, are, are given to you to know. It's not given to everyone. And wouldn't it be a shame for those of us who have surrendered our hearts to Jesus, and, and so, you know, it's not a shame that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we're going we're to ever be with the Lord when our days on this earth are done. But you know what? 
God doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to repent and everyone to be reconciled to him. And you know, you and I are key contributors to that, to God's heart coming to pass. He is, he, he is needing us and wanting us to advance the kingdom of God wherever we're at. He wants us to be so yielded to him that his will on earth will be done in us as it is in heaven. And that we'll go where he says go, we'll say what he says say, uh, uh, we'll reach out to whoever he says reach out to, we'll do what he says do. That he might be exalted, that he might be glorified, that that, that those who don't know him through his faithful and obedient children can encounter Christ Jesus in such a way that it reaches their hearts and, and, and they cry out, what must I do to be saved? I didn't think this God, I didn't think that God could love me. If there was a God, I didn't believe he could love me. I've not been the best of people. And for them to hear the message of the gospel, Not only that he loves you, but how much he loves you and how much he treasures you and how much he wants relationship with you. He went through these extremes in order to make that door of opportunity open for you. And all he asks for you to do is to accept that gift of salvation. Just bow the knee, humble your heart, confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, and begin the journey of walking with him as a disciple and faithful obedience and so it, it really spoke to me Jesus' answer to his disciples I speak to them in parables I speak publicly in parables because the keys of the kingdom are not for everyone to know not everyone's a part of this club. Not, everyone, not everyone's a member of the family. It's God's heart that we be that way. But those who have ears to hear will hear. And I want us all to prepare our hearts so that we have ears to hear when the Lord is speaking to us. If you don't forget, if you, if you don't remember anything else, one thing I don't want you to forget um, from what I said here uh, today and what Jesus and his answer to his disciples were able to glean this fact that in order for us to have that good soil we're going to have to go into whatever message, the, the message of, of God, the word of God is being preached. We have to go into it. In order for us to be able to hear right, we have to have gone into it with an, with an attitude of seeking the kingdom.
with the surrendered attitude that if God's word is going forth in my hearing, then it is needful that I hear it. There is purpose. There is kingdom purpose in my hearing this word. No matter how many times I've heard this scripture or this passage or this message before, there is purpose in God allowing me to hear it. And so I, I, I humble myself, Lord, I'm here to receive from you. What are you speaking to me? What issue in my life are you wanting to address? What, what, what are you saying to me, Lord, that I need to hear and walk in faithful obedience toward? If we continue to seek first the kingdom and have that mindset when we go into hearing the word of God, then we will always have ears to hear and understand and see what God is doing, what he's saying, what he's speaking to us. And that word in our lives will plant, be planted into the good soil of our hearts. And it will bear fruit. Some 160, 30 fold. I'm going to ask you to stand. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if uh, you observe communion, uh, you've heard me make reference to how much God loves you and, and the sacrifice that Jesus paid in order for us to be reconciled to God. you got questions. You're, you're intrigued. You're interested. Uh, uh, God has spoken to you. And I would encourage you, don't do nothing with that. I, I would encourage you to come up and it, let's have a conversation. Let's dialogue. It would be my honor to share the gospel with you, to answer any questions you may have uh, because God loves you. He sent his son for you and he so wants to be in relationship with you. Um, he wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life and he wants you to be with him in heaven uh, forever. He doesn't want you to be in hell in a lake of fire, the place that was designed for the devil and his, and his fallen angels. He wants you to be with him. And that's a decision only you can make because it's an issue of free will. And so uh, that opportunity is before you today. If that's you, it's the day of salvation for you. And I pray that you will take advantage of it. Hallelujah. Let us pray as, as anyone here who may be contemplating that. Um, I just pray that the Lord is ministering to you and you find your way up. Uh, the invitation is extended. Come at any time. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you again for your precious word. Uh, Father, we thank you that you have given to us to know the keys of the kingdom. You, you have, it's been given to us to see, to hear, to understand. And we thank you, Lord God, that one day we were, at one point we were in the kingdom of darkness, but now we're in the kingdom of your dear son, Jesus Christ, that we are members of the kingdom of heaven. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. And Father, we thank you for that great salvation that we have, that you have truly saved to the utmost those of us who've put our trust in you. And Father, I pray that even now you're wooing the hearts of those that may be here or may be listening, Father God, on Facebook Live. Uh, you're wooing their hearts, Father God, to you. And, 
and, and, and I pray that, that they make that greatest decision of their lives to just say yes to you, O oh God, and just, to, and, and just surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and declare him Lord and Savior of their lives. Hallelujah. Uh, and, and devil, I, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You, you may have had those individuals and, and uh, influenced and controlled them up to this point, but, but, but I have marked them for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And, and not only I, the Lord has marked them for his kingdom. And I just declare it to be so in Jesus' name. You will loose their minds. You will loose their hearts. They don't belong to you. They belong to the one who laid down his life for them. And so we are just thank you for it, Father God, for, uh, for reaching them where they're at. And even right now, they are uh, ready to give their hearts. And, and if that's you, just repeat after me uh, just to declare uh, the lordship of Jesus and to receive the gift of salvation. You know, it's, it's not a cookie cutter thing. Uh, just repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and, and I'm in need of salvation. And Lord, I heard the preacher say that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and he rose again. And that he died for my sins that I might become the righteousness of God in him. And so, Lord, uh, I accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. I declare him Lord and Savior of my life. Hallelujah. I receive the gift of salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ. And, Lord, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I will walk, endeavor to walk in faithful obedience with you from this day forward, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. And, and, and we say amen, hallelujah. And so I, just, I will bless you all in the Lord. I uh, pray that you, the Lord really spoke to you and ministered to you today. And, and, uh, and I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. We're in the Christmas season now. Uh, trees are going to go up. Lights are going to go up. Uh, and we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and so uh, I just want to uh, just want to bless you and and just have a great holiday. 2020 is going to end all right. It's going to end well. We're gonna. I tell you what, New Year's Eve is going to be rocking. I think we're gonna we're gonna send this year out with gladness. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you for 2021. Cannot go anywhere but up from here. Amen. So. <laughs> Lord bless you. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Bye.